Good evening, good afternoon. Thank you for being with us. It's Jonathan Honig with you once again for the Daily Objective with a great guest today, Seth Levine from The Integrating uh, Investor. And we're gonna talk about a topic that is uh, brings out the passion. Actually, we're not gonna talk about politics, which is, probably will be quite enjoyable. We'll talk about something else, certainly more dear to my heart, and that is money. And it's a topic in particular that brings out the passion, oftentimes the vitriol, uh, I think in many ways, the intelligence and the innovation uh, of people more than anything else, and that is Bitcoin. And if you've been hearing about Bitcoin, this is probably one of the reasons why I'm going to share a screen here. You're taking a look at what the price action has been in Bitcoin uh, just over the last couple of years. Uh, it is up thousands and thousands and thousands of percent, gaining a lot of really uh uh, mainstream adoption now. We're seeing major companies put hundreds of millions of dollars into Bitcoin. Now, a lot of people have said to me, oh, well, Jonathan, you're a libertarian. Okay, I'm not, but they say, you know, you're a libertarian. You know, you must love Bitcoin. There's So there's even a political element of this. And here to unpack it all is Seth Levine, once again, from The Integrating Investor. Seth's written quite a bit, and Seth's been published on Zero Hedge and, and almost everywhere else. His blog is right here. It's the, uh, once again, The Integrating Investor. This is his recent article about Bitcoin. And Seth, thank you for being here and being with us to help unpack it all. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I can't think of a better place than, uh, than here than to talk about Bitcoin. And I really, um, I I, and why I think this is such a great venue is because Bit, I, I've been around the Bitcoin hoop for a while. I've been following it, um, you know, since, uh, since early 2011, 2012. And, and, you know, I was initially drawn to it because of that sort of political aspect for it, right? Like free money, right? And I don't mean free as in handout, but, uh, you know, unregulated money and banking. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, you know, over the years, as I, as I followed it, you know, what I've come to realize is Bitcoin is a lot of things to a lot of people, but for most people above all, it's, it's, it's an abstraction, right? It's not actually like a concrete thing. It's a very, um, abstract concept. And at least as I've broken it down more and more over the years and concretized it, I've, I've, I found my views on Bitcoin changing. So maybe just, just going like, let's go through real, real quickly. I mean, when you, when you bring up Bitcoin, like the first thing that pops into a lot of people's heads is, oh, it's, it's internet money, or it's the future of money, or it's, it's digital gold, or it's some kind of like, you know, frictionless payment, um, platform or it's, or it's this uncorrelated portfolio investment asset, right? So it has all these things, but when you actually look at what Bitcoin is, it's really just a database. So big, big yawn, right? Like, like all those grand abstractions, you just boil it all down. It, it's a database. Now it's, it's very innovative in that it's, um, the, it, it's decentralized and kind of maintained by the Bitcoin network using a, um, a series of, 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 of incentives. But that's about it, right? And if you look at sort of the initial um, plan for Bitcoin, it was just, it was as a payment platform, right? So forget about everything that we want to talk about that what Bitcoin is. If just, I just think of it as a decentralized database, and as as and that was primarily thought of to be a a Bitcoin. I'm uh, sorry, a payment platform. Meaning that there there's a a blockchain technology here that is separate from what we think of as being Bitcoin as an investment. There's Correct, something right. here as a technology that is legitimate. As you're talking about this database, 
that is separate, right. totally separate of the value of the Bitcoin or the Ether or the Ripple or whatever the other Bitcoin prices or crypto prices that there are. There is a technology here. There is a technology here, yes. And it definitely is in, in innovative. Um, and maybe we'll just kind of put that aside for a second. Um, but when I think about kind of the bull case for Bitcoin, right, from an investment perspective, and before I, before I go any further, I should mention these are my personal opinions, of course, usual disclaimers here, this is not investment advice, uh, do your own work, not my employer uh, perspective or anything like that. Sorry. Anyway, um, so when I think about Bitcoin and its use case, so like, why would I want to buy Bitcoin, right? Why should Bitcoin's price going up? I see it, I can boil down all the abstractions into two real cases, right? There's a, there's a use case, which is sort of the database technology, and there's kind of the investment case, right? So when I think about the use case, right, and, and, and this goes back to, to, to the quote, I just see very little evidence that anyone is using Bitcoin really for anything from a database perspective, right? There's, 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 I think there's real promise from a technology perspective in terms of um, using it as maybe a next gen financial services, you know, platform, right? Um, but otherwise, there's, you just see that blockchain technology kind of branching off um, by other, by, by other features. So, you know, there's a let, whole let me, let me, and let me share that quote. You mentioned the quote, I mean, Ms. Rand oh. has a quote and I'll, I'll quote her material objects as such have neither value nor disvalue. They acquire value significance only in regard to a living being, particularly in regard to serving or hindering man's goals. That's from philosophy who needs it. And that you shared in your article as well, kind of asking, well, what really is the value of, of uh, Bitcoin? Right. And we see, so what are we using it for? Like, is anyone actually using Bitcoin? And this is, I think, a pretty interesting chart here that is in the article, but uh, I've just, I've tried to update it this morning. Um, let's look at the transactions, right? Is Bitcoin actually being used? And what you'll notice is on the blue, the blue line here is the transactions. And you can see early on the Bitcoin transactions were were, were picking up and you also saw the Bitcoin price, which is in red, kind of follow that. But very recently we've seen, you know, from, from 2018 on, if you look at kind of the area on the right of the chart, if you can see my mouse, the transaction volume has stalled. And really what you just see is the price though, however, has completely rocketed up. So I just, you know, so, so I think it, 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 it's, it's pretty interesting. And I think a reason why you don't, you see the pr tra transaction um, pretty low is that it actually makes for a pretty bad payment platform, right? The Bitcoin network can only verify anywhere from three to seven transactions per second and compare that to like, to like Visa, right? Visa does 15,000 times that per second, right? They do over 65,000 transactions. So as a payment platform, it's actually pretty, it's actually pretty, Pretty, pretty weak. Now, is that some so, of the reason we're getting, and we're getting some questions, uh, Mary Lean saying, you know, she needs Bitcoin for dummies. Where does the value come from? You know, Daniel asks, does it come from production? But we're talking, you know, this is, you know, in Rand talks, we'll share some of Rand's quotes about money and value, but, you know, we're talking about something like gold is having value. It has to be produced out of the ground. It has to, all the effort that goes into it. And, and Bitcoin to be produced or to be mined, just for those who don't know, it also takes 
effort, in effect, it takes computer effort. So right now there's banks of computers all over the world, especially in Iceland and literally in cold places with cheap energy, doing nothing but doing computer problems to get to mine, so-called mine Bitcoin. Right. And, and it's interesting, like, why, why is that important? And I have some pretty strong views that are pretty unique uh, in this too, which, 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 which I've written on in the past. And we can get to that, um, link to that or, right. Or just reach out to me and I'll send it to you. But that's because big, you know, as, um, t- you know, money is just a veil, right? Money is really just an abstraction for, for value already produced. Um, so that is why. So so that's why I think it's important. What this is why fiat currency I think fails um, in the 150 times that it's been tried before is because there is no act. It's not tied to actual production, and this is also why I think gold was successful because in order to, you know, that announce a gold actually represented sort of some kind of production that took place in order to produce the gold such that it represents actual, you know, it corresponds to reality. Um, an actual production that either, you know, that, that a human actually made. Let um, me, you're, you're, uh, stop screen, sharing your screen for just a moment, if you yep, don't mind. There you I'll, go. I'll share some of Miss Rand's quotes on this. She says, exactly as you're summarizing, money cannot, fu- money cannot function as money as a medium of exchange unless it is backed by actual unconsumed goods. Uh, and, you know, that which gold represents. Here's another one I like that, you know, money is also a tool of saving. Uh, which permits delayed consumption and buys time for future production. To fulfill this requirement, money has to be some material commodity, which is imperishable, rare, homogenous, easily stored, not subject to wide fluctuations of value. And certainly Bitcoin might at some point achieve that. And I'm, you know, people I can, I can, I don't see it on the chat, but people say, Oh, well, you're just a hater. You know, you're haters on Bitcoin. You just don't believe in it. Bitcoin. I mean, I own a Bitcoin, probably, uh, I don't know, like, yeah. probably you are the Lord or Emperor. I actually, and I, maybe in the clubhouse afterwards, I'll tell my experience. I'll say that I how I was positioned in 2013, you've heard this story, Seth. Like if I had held the Bitcoins I had in 2013, I would be a millionaire from Bitcoin. But I broke up with a girl and thus only have one left. And I'll tell that story in Clubhouse. So how's that for a tease? Um, it's always, but, uh, it's know, always, it's always a woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a hater, but like you know, like you, I, I look at the barrier to entry to anything else besides Bitcoin that has all the ultimately the, the values to me as a consumer that Bitcoin provides, and say you know really what is the, what is the barrier to entry here that makes this worth anything. Yeah. And I think that's a great segue because I also own Bitcoin, but the question is, well, like, how can I own Bitcoin? Am I, am I a hypocrite? Right. And this brings me to the investment case for Bitcoin. Um, Right now, I think what's making Bitcoin go bananas is you have a lot of institutions that are coming in to buy it. Right. And why they're buying it, I think is, is a little nebulous and I think needs to be unpacked onto its own. But when I think about any investment, right, and and, and I've written about this, and you do um, this for honestly, a living, and I do this for a living, right, and and this is something that took me years, years of my own introspection, introspection to come to this framework. I really see investing as being broken down into two, two categories of investments, right, and Jonathan, I'm sure you'll be able to um, 
to to um, to, 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 to sympathize and opine. Something either either has to have value or it has to what what I said what, what I call is momentum, right? And and what do I mean by that? Momentum is just means the price trend. There's a trend there, and the trend is going to persist persist for whatever reason. Right. The value I would correspond to kind of the use case, right? Why, why would this maybe change in the future? Because it's going to be used so much more. So with Bitcoin, I think it has very little present use case, right? No one's really using it now, but maybe there's some kind of future use case, right? So I see it very much like a tech stock or like, or like a venture capitalist investment, like high, high, high possibility of payoff, but kind of a low probability of payoff. However, from a momentum perspective, right, from a trend perspective, this is where I'm more focused on it in, you know, in the present, right? Because there are all these institutions buying, uh, buying Bitcoin. There are people like, uh, like uh, MicroStrategy raising bonds to buy Bitcoin. There's Elon Musk who's taking this corporate treasury and buying Bitcoin. So there's so many, there is money being flow, that is flowing into Bitcoin and purchasing Bitcoin. And that I think is you know, that's a valid investment um, um, case right there. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about Bitcoin right now and kind of looking at the trend and I'll make no, no recommendation on whether the trend is good or not. You know, I'll leave that to, to Jonathan. He, he, he sure is, you know, that's kind of his specialty there. But, um, but, but, but I do think that breaking down Bitcoin, like in this epistemological way, separating out the abstractions and also separating out the investment cases actually makes it possible to actually make an investment in Bitcoin one way or the other. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, there gets to be this kind of public pressure that oh, everyone's doing it, everyone's making money. Actually, I keep this, uh, I keep this um, old Newsweek magazine around. So this is a Newsweek magazine, magazine from 1999 and it's, titled The Wine of 99, Everyone's Getting Rich But Me. And this was the feeling back in 1999. I mean, I remember it very vividly. Everyone's getting rich on, at the time it was tech stocks. Everyone's getting rich but me. Now, ultimately the internet, and I'll just, you know, this is my own experience. Certainly this isn't objectivism, but that a lot of that technology in 1999 did, as you know, did succeed. The internet, yeah was the hot thing that the technology did succeed, but a lot of the companies didn't. And that's, that's right. ultimately, I mean, my perspective on this is that there's gonna be a lot of great advancement. I mean, there is something about this technology, as you said, that is something new that maybe Visa ultimately will adopt it. So there is something there. Now, you know, how much of your savings and, and portfolio do you really wanna put into, into it? I mean, that's, it has to be an individual decision, but, that sense of, oh, I have to get involved just because it's going up, that to me reminds me very much of, of 1999. Yeah, look, I'll share my screen here right now. I mean, this is, this is a Google trend, uh, a, you know, Google trend of Bitcoin searches, right? If, you know, very clearly in December 2017, that, that first, that really, you know, the last kind of Bitcoin bubble, if you will, we saw a giant spike up in, in interest right there. Um, you know, again, you saw it at the end of, of, 2019, but also right now too, you know, you, you can see that the interest in Bitcoin and Google is, is spiking. Let me, let me play a quick devil's advocate. You know, you asked what's the, va what's the value. And one of the values is that it allows for illicit transactions. And, you know, a lot has been made that people, for example, in Venezuela or in China or in Cuba, places that money is highly controlled or where the value of the money 
I don't know, forgive me if you can hear the sirens here. I am in Chicago. Um, you know, basically saying that it's a way for them to hold on to the purchasing power of their assets or hide that, those transactions. So is there a value in Bitcoin as a medium of illicit exchange um, oh. that, that, that could give it a, ultimately a worth, worth here? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, look, I, whether or not you want to call it a list or not, I mean, as a payment platform, um, it certainly has some virtues. Um, that is, you know, in fact, it was, I mean, that is, that is the initial um, intent of it is to be a payment platform to get around the Byzantine regulatory um, environment that just makes it very expensive and inefficient to send money, especially across borders, uh, but even, 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 even within borders. Um, so there definitely is value there, but I, you know, I go back to the transactions. You just don't see a lot of transactions well, taking place. Well, like, like so Elon Musk is now saying, well, they might be, they might accept Bitcoin for payment on a Tesla, but as a consumer, uh, you know, I'd think, well, is it going to be cheaper for me to pay in Bitcoin? Because if not, what's ultimately the value for me to pay in right. Bitcoin rather than just paying in dollars? Exactly. And I think that goes back to, uh, I'll, I'll share my screen here. Um, um, that goes back to what is money, right? It's a very important what is money, right? So if you can see my screen here, there was a big, there was a big uh, headline here that a, a football player here in the US is going to get half his contract, $2 million in Bitcoin, right? He's going to get paid in Bitcoin. Bitcoin was actually going to be money for a change, right? It wasn't just going to be something that you, you translate when, when did into he, when money. Did he, he agreed to that months ago though right months ago so however if you go down and dig into the details right look at what i've highlighted here he is not getting paid in bitcoin what the panthers are doing the carolina panthers his employer is they're paying him in us dollars and then they're going to go and just swap it out at spot price right so basically he's gonna get the appreciation that it's would have gotten in bitcoin it's no different than if you and I just took money right now and went out and just bought Bitcoin at the spot price, right? Using on, you know, at any of the exchange. And by similar logic, right? He's getting paid in food, in furs, in clothing, right? In anything else that he's taking his US dollars for and, 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 and buying. So it, he's buying Bitcoin just like he would buy any other consumer good or buying a home or buying a car, right? It's still not being used as as a payment uh as as a payment uh as a payment platform it's not being used as money and by money i mean a uh an account, a unit of account of exchange now obviously and, and saving it's not yeah well right now it's really just in my view like right now it's just being hoarded right and that doesn't mean it won't change change in the future um but that's just kind of how i see it now seth seth is or um uh, and you can uh share your screen you continue oh, to share it if sorry. you want or eric is suggesting that urethrium i don't know it sounds like something that they stick up your took ethereum, ethereum yes ethereum, ethereum yeah. sorry another crypto coin has more use value than bitcoin at the present time ethereum allows for on-chain contracts okay maybe that's uh marialene asks could bitcoin be used for tax avoidance I mean, I am no Bitcoin expert. I think it. Um, I think it depends. So, for example, I use my. You know, for example, my Bitcoin is stored on a um, on one of the biggest exchanges, 
right? It's not, a, I don't own a ton of Bitcoin. That's, you know, should be a disclaimer too. I am long Bitcoin. I'm also long Ethereum, very small amounts, not going to change my life um, in any way, but so be it. Um, I hold it on, I hold it at my, at the exchange, whether or not that's smart or not, that's, you know, that's a different debate, but I know they have tax forms. So they are taking, you know, they, I have tax forms available with them. So I think it's getting harder to avoid taxes. I think, you know, governments are aware of that. I think also now as the price is, has risen and profits are bigger, there's, there's more of a honeypot for them to, to kind of go after. Right. Cause there's um, still, there's still a, you know, when I got involved in Bitcoin, I'm just saying it was physical coins that we had in our possession and that you went to these meetups and traded. So that was a way of actually, now it's the same. So in a weird way, and this is certainly not tax avoidance, I'm not advising on tax avoidance, but, you know, buying and selling gold, you, if you go sell gold at a coin shop, they're not going to give you a 10, they're not going to give you a tax form. It, right. You know, so there's no there's no tr- uh, transaction of that. But if you, as you said, sell Bitcoin on Coinbase, there's a right there's a taxable event there. The, possibly, and I'm not a tax attorney, and I'm sure they're around that too, right? You could take it on, you could buy it on an exchange. Maybe that's not regulated, right? I mean, there, there's 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 a lot of ways to buy Bitcoin um, because it is. I mean, that is one of its virtues. This is very. It is very easy to. Um, it is very easy to to transfer, you know, if you kind of have, but you do need some kind of tech tech uh, technical acumen, uh, which I I definitely don't, even if it's even if it's a, a, a slight amount. Well, I, I appreciate your you know your perspective at the integrating investor. I really encourage everyone to definitely check it out. You know, there's a lot there's talk about um, misnomers about objectivists. There's this idea of like, oh, every objectivist just loves gold and Bitcoin. That's what they invest in. But the more investors who are objectivists you talk to, you realize they each have their own really interesting application of these ideas and ultimately professional practice. So I've really learned a lot from the integrating investor and I encourage all the Ayn Rand Center UK viewers and listeners to definitely check it out. Uh, you know, there's very few people applying objectivist ideas to the investment world. So you you do it in a really uh, interesting way, even on, as you said, a topic like Bitcoin, which ultimately is a very big abstract idea. Great. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling is mutual. Um, I learned a lot from, from you, Jonathan, I've learned a lot from, uh, from the Ayn Rand center, uh, in the UK. Um, and that is kind of the nature of, uh, I mean, to me, it's just shows the nature of, um, of humanity, right? We're all trading here, right? We're, co- we're coming up with ideas and we're trading with other people and, and hopefully forming a new, um, new, and new not, and not omnipotent, you know, Knowledge. Dr. Peacock. I know from uh, his lectures, I always enjoy hearing when he reminds us that none of us are God. There is no God, certainly in the investment world. So the fact that, you know, we're not here crowing, oh, we told you to buy Bitcoin. Now it's a thousand percent higher. You know, we're we're not omnipotent and uh, we're all students, students of objectivism and certainly students of the market. So I want to remind all of our viewers and listeners that in 35 minutes right here on this channel, Don Watkins and James Valiant are going to be discussing Ayn Rand's essay, What is Capitalism? I mean, they're, they are two brilliant minds. I will be listening. Uh, Seth, I know you'll be listening as well. So don't miss that for James Valiant and Don Watkins. And we are going to be coming up in just a minute or two on Clubhouse. So that's where the real, the juicy discussion starts, right? Um, so join us on Clubhouse afterwards, and you can find an invite in the YouTube chat section.
And it's a great way to find it. So Seth, thank you for joining us today and for sharing your perspective. I don't know if you have any, you have any final closing thoughts or you want to kick it over to Clubhouse. Yeah, no, I would, um, I would, you know, encourage everyone just kind of, there's my website up there, integratinginvestor.com. You can find my Bitcoin piece there. Um, I also have some pretty interesting thoughts on money. Um, there's a, a 2019 kind of article in there called to fight the Fed or not. It's to fight the Fed or not. Um, that links to a report where I kind of laid out some thoughts on money, which I think are unique. And again, kind of uniquely objectivism where, um, or objectivist kind of inspired um, in that in that way. You, you could also, um, you fill out the contact form, you know, if you can't find it or have any questions and you can, you know, more, you know, I'll, I'll respond to you there. So um, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Seth Levine two on Twitter. Um, you know, and that's kind of the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome. And Ella, I want to fit this in really briefly. Ella asks if Tesla has Bitcoin as an asset and the value increases, maybe it even has to pay asset related tax. I mean, absolutely. It becomes a, asset on their books and if they certainly sell it and take a gain they t that they pay a, a capital gain like everyone else you know maybe i'll just leave this as a teaser then as a guy who's analyzed companies for i don't know coming up on 20 almost 20 years or so as a corporate cfo i can think of no bigger nightmare than owning bitcoin on my balance sheet <laughs> all right thank you for that perspective thank you all for joining us We'll see you on Bitcoin or we'll see you on Clubhouse soon, but we'll see you here on the Daily Objective tomorrow at the same time. Be well and best premises.